Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Choose Your Narrative. I'm your host, Nat Smithson, and I'm thrilled you've chosen to join me today. I created this podcast to share stories of my own mindset journey and explore strategies and healthy habits that I now use to build a mind that's geared up for happiness and success. And I want you to do the same. So I encourage you to start your own journey towards creating a stronger, happier, more motivated mind by tuning in weekly so that you too can write and more importantly, choose the narrative that you wish to live. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check out this podcast. I'm hopeful that if you've tuned into a few episodes now, you're already starting to learn some tips and tricks around thoughts and actions that you can implement to ensure that you're mentally strong and ready for whatever wonderful, weird and perhaps unwanted things life can throw at you. Today, I want to talk about something that I'm sure a lot of you have already heard about at some point along the line, or perhaps can even relate to yourself from your own experience. And that thing is people-pleasing. Today is essentially going to be a bit of an introduction into what exactly people-pleasing is and give you some examples of this in action. I'll then leave you with some simple ideas about what changes you can make that will allow you to take more control of your people-pleasing if this is something that you're currently struggling with. Then in the next episode, I'm going to build on that people-pleasing knowledge by talking a bit deeper about some of the more negative consequences of this behaviour and give you an understanding of why, even though on the surface, people-pleasing sounds like it should be a positive thing, but can actually in some cases cause undesirable situations. So what inspired me to cover this topic in the first place was that one day it dawned on me that whenever I'd find myself in a position where there was conflict or someone was unhappy, I'd automatically respond in whatever way was necessary to diffuse or improve that situation the quickest, even if it meant that I was compromising my own opinions or feelings about that situation. Or that meant that I had now taken on something additional to help when I really didn't have the time or energy for it. And I'm not necessarily talking about big things. More often than not, these situations would be small scale where perhaps the outcome wasn't going to impact me greatly or where doing that small extra thing wasn't a huge inconvenience in my day. So I'd just go along with it and do it because I guess that was much easier than trying to challenge it or stop and take the time to actually consider if perhaps there was a better way of doing things. And It was more about the scale or frequency at which these kinds of scenarios were occurring that sort of led me to think about how concerned I should maybe be about it. And in my case, the the kinds of incidences I'm referring to were only small, but I did allow them to be quite frequent. Do you ever find yourself in a similar position, agreeing with or going along with what other people say or do simply because you don't want to rock the boat or you want to keep them happy or because you actually start to feel bad or guilty if you don't say yes to things. We can get stuck doing this in many areas of our lives, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our workplaces. And in many cases, if we're doing it in one area of our lives, we're likely doing it in many or perhaps even all areas because it can feel quite uncomfortable if you try to act outside of what you already know. I didn't even realise that at the time, but previously 
many of the professions I'd chosen to work in were ones where success was heavily dependent on the maintenance of client or customer satisfaction and happiness. In hindsight, I think I gravitated towards these types of jobs because they catered to my desire to please people. And the more willing you were to go above and beyond for your clients or customers, the more successful you were likely to be. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being in those kinds of roles. I'm simply saying that in my case, I felt like it kind of fueled that fire, so to speak. It simply encouraged me to practice and refine my people-pleasing ability and make me more and more accustomed to always saying yes, rather than dealing with situations that would put me outside of my comfort zone, where the answer might have actually had to be no. Back when I started to piece together this realisation about myself, I was not yet particularly familiar with the term people-pleasing, and I certainly hadn't connected this term to myself or my own actions. And if I'm being honest, I expect that if I did ever hear the term in passing, I probably just figured that it was a completely positive thing because what could be wrong with trying to keep others happy, right? So by this point, I'd got myself thinking a little bit harder and I'd put my behavior under the microscope. I wanted to learn how I could feel more comfortable dealing with conflict and difficult situations but still support the happiness of others in a way that maintained more respect and concern for my own needs and priorities. There had to be a way that I could achieve both, and I wanted to know how. The more I explored how I could improve in this area, the more this people-pleaser term kept cropping up. You know how as soon as you're zoned in on something and it's front of mind, you just see it everywhere. Like if you want to buy a particular jacket or you've hardly ever seen anybody wearing it, but then all of a sudden you're on the hunt and it seems like every second person has one. Well, I kept hearing this term people-pleasing referenced in the media, on podcasts, in books, and even in conversations I was having. So curious to learn more, I started doing a little bit more digging. What I identified pretty early on is that one of the key characteristics that demonstrates that someone is crossing the boundary of simply being a nice person to instead acting as a people pleaser is when they start to alter or edit their behavior or what they say for the sake of another person's feelings or reactions. Or perhaps they go out of their way to do things for others because they think it will make that person or that particular group of people like them more. And they can end up expending a whole lot of time and energy doing this, often pushing aside their own wants and needs to do so, perhaps without even realizing it. And look, we're all guilty of doing this from time to time, acting a little bit livelier at a party or talking or dressing a certain way to impress or fit in with a particular group of people. And it's not necessarily always a bad thing, Some situations do call for us to act in a certain way in order to excel ourselves or build new connections or gain the most from a particular experience. But where things start to become a little bit stickier is if you find yourself editing your personality and how you present yourself on a regular basis and in many areas of your life. You find yourself starting to act like a bit of a chameleon, changing and evolving to suit your circumstances. And the scariest part of this is that if you become too accustomed to doing this, over time, without even realising it, 
you'll likely be putting yourself at risk of degrading your authenticity. And you'll slowly find that it's harder and harder to know who the real you is. What do you like to do? What do you like to think? How do you want to dress or act? When the presentation of your preferences are only ever dependent on your surroundings, your knowledge of your own preferences can start to get a little bit hazy. When I looked up the definition of people pleaser, various dictionaries and other sources provided descriptions that consistently included two key themes. One, people pleasers care a lot about whether other people like them and approve of their actions. And two, they have a need to please others, which often overrides their own needs or desires. What this says to me is that acting in this way provides a source of purpose and validation. If I reflect on my own actions for a moment, I know that if I did ever try to act outside of my usual eager to please persona in the past, I'd feel uncomfortable and as if I was perhaps betraying who people saw me as or who I was meant to be. And I think that's why it's so easy for people pleasers to get stuck acting in that way because it concretes their supposed worth and ensures their acceptance in certain scenarios or with certain groups of people. And that feeds into that lack of authenticity I mentioned previously. Being so focused on acting to accommodate and gain approval from others that we don't stay true to our own wants and needs. We may even downplay amazing qualities that we have just to fit in. Maybe we're really passionate about something or really talented at a particular skill, but we don't want to share it with certain groups or people because we're worried that they won't approve of it or they won't view it as cool or the norm. Or maybe on the flip side, we feel the need to talk up our situation, to look like we're keeping up with societal expectations, either socially, professionally, financially, or in our relationships. It's really easy to get caught in the trap of deriving our needs from what we think those around us expect or want us to have or be. Another example of wanting to keep others happy is when perhaps we're really struggling at a particular point in time, but we feel the need to put on a brave face and keep those around us happy to avoid causing them worry. We may suppress our own need to share our concerns or feelings because we don't want to burden someone with our fears or our pains. Or the opposite, maybe we're in a really good place in our lives, we've celebrated some milestone achievement or are really happy or excited about something, but we suppress our urge to share that thing because we don't want to make those around us feel annoyed or upset or uncomfortable about their own situation. Do you ever find yourself in any or all of the scenarios that I've just mentioned? As I said earlier, a key characteristic exhibited in people-pleasing behaviour is that more often than not, that person will put other people's needs before their own. Now, I know that doing this demonstrates great humility, can be quite admirable, and is also completely warranted or sometimes unavoidable in some situations, like if you need to look after a loved one who's sick help out a friend who's going through a rough time, or support a colleague at work who's new and perhaps needs some extra help getting things up and running because they're a bit less experienced than you. Helping others in these kinds of ways is important and I 100% encourage you to keep doing that. The kinds of scenarios where I urge you to proceed with more caution are those where you just say yes to things unnecessarily. 
or perhaps go above and beyond what is needed simply because that's what you've always done or you feel that people expect that from you or maybe you feel guilty if you don't. And most importantly, if you've created a pattern of doing this and simply say yes, even when you don't really need or want to do something, you just can't say no. Does that person really need you to cover part of the job this Friday so that they can leave work early when they also did the same thing last Friday and then the Friday before that? (laughs) Do you really need to be the one that stays late and cleans up at a party when everyone else has gone home? Do you need to be the one that does all the housework? Or perhaps that could be divided out a little bit better. (laughs) You get the idea. The other important thing that people pleasers tend to do is apologise for things that aren't actually their fault. And I've been completely guilty of this on occasion. I used to work in hospitality when I was younger and I think for a while I may have over-adopted the mentality that the customer is always right. I found myself apologising for everything and often for things that were out of my control or even when I knew that the other person was in the wrong. I'd become so accustomed to automatically apologising for things that weren't actually my fault that, sorry had become as much of a default in my vocabulary as yes, to the point where someone would knock into me walking past me in the street or cut me off in a line and I'd be the one saying sorry. (laughs) I decided it was finally time that the automatic sorries got tossed out with the automatic yeses. So if you've been listening to this thinking that perhaps you do struggle with varying degrees of people-pleasing behaviour, I'd suggest that you check out the next episode the consequences of people-pleasing. This will give you a little bit more understanding around what some of the negative implications could be if you are exhibiting people-pleasing behaviour. But for now, I want to share a simple little tip that will help you get a little bit more balance back in your life if you feel like you're always a yes person. We all get caught up in our busy, bustling lives with increasingly long to-do lists, but What I've found really helpful for myself is coupling regular time and energy check-ins with regular parts of my routine. These check-ins are an opportunity to gauge where your energy levels are at, what your priorities are for that week and how much time you actually have to do things. And activities that you could couple these with would be things like going for a walk, having your morning coffee, stretching when you wake up, meditating before bed or doing a lap of the block on your lunch break. Whenever it is that you get five minutes of free headspace to reflect, that way, when something unexpected crops up or someone asks you for help out of the blue, you already have a good idea of what your current schedule and requirements are. It will make it a lot easier for you to decide in that brief moment whether you actually can help, and if so, how soon and at what capacity. And if, of course, you can't compute all of that in a split second and don't want to immediately say yes, ask that person if it's okay for you to get back to them. It won't feel as satisfying as saying yes in that moment, but getting back to them when you've considered their request correctly will ensure that your delivery meets their needs and expectations, rather than overcommitting yourself and perhaps doing a poor job. So when someone asks you for something, try and remember to bite your tongue if you feel that automatic yes about to blurt out of your mouth. Reflect on your actual ability to do that thing. Assess your time and your energy before you make that commitment. 
With practice, you'll get more and more comfortable with this process and people will start to respect your ability to respect yourself and also deliver better on what you do choose to take on. I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and you're eager to join me in the next one so that we can dive into the other side of people-pleasing, which is the negative consequences that it can create. A big thank you again for stopping by and tuning in. I'll see you next time.